Dear Recording, Hi, it's me, Maria. I'm writing to you today because, well, I'm sad. Dear Recording, you're the only one I can trust with all my secrets. That's why I use the My Secret Diary. You only open to my voice with my secret password. My snotty little brother can't get into My Secret Diary. It's the 90s. Dear Recording, (laughs) it's me, Maria. Dear Maria, this is your recording slash secret diary. Oh my god, it's responding. Hey there. Hey. And welcome to the Wonder Binge Podcast. Talk about some shit, you know? We ain't going to talk about my hot attic. Uh Uh-uh. No, no. That's not a thing anymore on this podcast. Not going to talk about work. Remember the squeaky futon? Do you remember the... Yeah, you switched to a squeaky... Squeaky? This chair isn't squeaky. Only the chairs in your home are squeaky. No, <gasps> you're in the chairs. squeaky chair. <gasps> I'm in the squeaky chair. I, why do I keep saying squeaky with a W? This is revolutionary. You're in the squeaky chair now, baby. <laughs> it's the swanky chair when I'm in it. Welcome to the squeak. <laughs> On this squeak's episode of Wonder Binge Podcast, Wonder I am Spin. your host, Maria Monachino. I'm your other host, Jen Cull. And this is Wonder Binge Podcast, where we wonder about some stuff and then we tell you about the stuff. Because that's the point of the podcast. We like to research a topic that we're interested in or or one of our listeners is interested in and then tell you about it. And today, Maria's been hyperfixated on one thing for a month straight. So It's been a month long. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, wait, it's pirates. It's pirates. It's pirates. <laughs> I should have remembered this. We literally we literally recorded like three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Is it a story? Do I get to sit no. back and enjoy a story? Is it's it... like a little crash course on some piracy Ooh. basics. Give me some piracy, baby. Some piracy basics. So a little background. Um, I'm Maria. I play D&D. I know I'm super cool. For anyone who doesn't know what D&D means, it means Dungeons and Dragons. It's I thought about doing game. an episode on Dungeons and Dragons. And, like, the Satanic Panic and stuff like that. Um, but I need to, like, commit some time to it. Yo, Satanic Panic is a big thing. I actually listened to uh, – I started listening to a podcast, and they were doing, like, a big segment on Satanic Panic. And some of the stuff I was hearing, it was, like, blowing my mind. Like, people were literally getting, like, the relatives and people they didn't like, like, put in jail oh, yeah. for suspected sa- satanery is what I was about to say. Oh, let's go with that. Satanery? Yeah. <laughs> This cantankerous satanery. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. I'm but- getting that tattooed on my butt. <laughs> it's about time you thought Satanic. of a tattoo for your butt. No, say say Cantankerous you- Satan Satanery. Cantankerous satanery. Damn, dog. That's <laughs> some good shit. <laughs> Thanks. I came up with it on the fly. You know what? You know where I think it came from? This the high, high noon that, that you're drinking? Yeah. I don't remember the last time I drank alcohol while we were, while we were recording. This is a... Uh, uh, I do. I drank for the first three episodes. It was episodes. the Titanic conspiracy. I you drank had for a, the Titanic? Yeah. We recorded that remotely, and I remember in <gasps> webcam you had a beer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and you and Matt just made fun of me. It was great. It was a I good really, time. I really love being bullied by my friends. It's <laughs> great. But anyway, Isn't I play D and D. Entire relationship. And oh yeah, you play D and D. Maria Monachino plays D and D. And I'm and I'm in a I'm in a campaign right now. She's in a cantankerous campaign about I'm Satanic. in a cantankerous pirate campaign. At this moment, the time of recording is the 14th. We're recording July 14th. Yes, we are right now. I just had D and D last night. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And right now, it's 7.21 p.m. I would wager to say, right this moment, my DM and the captain of my crew are making up their the, the pirate code of our ship, the Fairwinds. Like, right now. A code? Like yeah. a secret, like, the, you are who you really are kind of code? No, like, like a- the rules. Oh, they're, they're, they're geists. From, uh, yeah, yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah. There's so, code. Um, I'm going to be cringy for a second. Are you ready? Wait, you weren't being cringy already? Jen, here's the thing. <laughs> Normally I would be like, hey, how dare you? But actually, no. No. I'm about to be very cringy. Oh boy, I actually can't wait to hear. This is like you level of cringe. Oh god. This is like Jenna's being a nerd level of cringe. That's pretty To the point of cringy. I'm not sure how I'm going to deliver this because when I just read it in my head, I hear your voice cuz it's that level. <laughs> I can't wait to see what 
you consider my level of cringe, I feel like I'm probably going to be you embarrassed might be offended. and offended. <laughs> what I mean by this is you you don't get embarrassed. And I love that about you. Oh, honey. <laughs> I don't know where you got that idea. I'm embarrassed always. Okay, <laughs> my well, existence is embarrassing. You'll feel better because I'm about to embarrass myself. You ready? Yes. I'm. Should we plug our socials real quick? Like, oh, my God. To, or nah? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. If you're interested in seeing the pictures for Maria's cringiness, uh, you can find the pictures on Instagram and Facebook at WonderBingePod. As well as other posts. Um, and you can also email us with topic suggestions, feedback, requests. Tell um, us whether or not Maria was super cringy. Anything you want, really, at WonderBingePod at gmail.com. Sick. All right, give me... Give me the cringe. Offend right. me. I actually, you know what? I want you to offend me right now. I got a high noon in my hand. I think I can handle it. Okay. I All need right. I need some uh, some royalty-free, like, seagull squawk sound effects right about here. All right. Insert here. And some waves also. Oh, waves. You've got it, baby. Okay, cool. Ready? Sure. <laughs> I hate myself. Already. Seagulls are squawking at you. Ah, tell us the cringe! <laughs> Oh, I regret writing this. Okay. She can't do it. She's sweating more than she's already sweating. I can do it. Okay. I need a sip of my Pedialyte. We are so different. Give me a moment. High noon. High noon versus Pedialyte. Who wins? Tell us in the comments of our Instagram (laughs) post. (laughs) Yeah, we got vodka soda versus Pedialyte. You can't do it. Oh my god, you can't I, like, do it. it, it. I'm just nervous because I know that like you're gonna keep it in. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. There's no turning back. Okay. <clears throat> Avast, ye scallywags and landlubbers. Put on your sea legs, grab yourselves a clap of thunder, get three sheets to the wind, and set your sails for some scuttlebutt. Else you'll be dancing the hempen jig with Jack Ketch and telling no tales in the briny deep. Savvy? I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop to the floor. <laughs> is that everything? Are you done or is that more? That's the, yeah, that's the, that's the cringe portion. I'm gonna drop to the floor. Why does my neck suddenly hurt? <laughs> that was actually really good. Thank you. you kept Do you need character. any translations? Um, what's a scuttlebutt? A scuttlebutt is gossip. No, really? That's yes. what that means? So I really I s- thought it meant like a barnacle filled buttocks. Um, or like someone had like a rash from being at sea for too long. Um, is that bad? That Was that bad that that's my assumption? Uh, it's a little gross. It's a little scuttlebutt gross. sounds gross. Well, scuttlebutt. Where did scuttlebutt go? Where did scuttlebutt it's go? It's a cask of drinking water or it's slang for gossip. Oh, so like drinking by the water cooler? Like gossiping by the water cooler? Yeah, huh. Who knew that came from pirates? Right. All right. Um, I kind of forgot everything you said except avast and then- Avasty scallywags and landlubbers. Okay. Put on your sea legs. Sea legs, I know what sea legs are. Grab yourselves a clap of thunder. Is that a is that rum? A clap of thunder is a heavily alcoholic drink. Get, Such as rum. Get wait, wait, I did it. I you I, did. I complied. You complied, thank you. Get three sheets to the wind. Three sheets to the Oh, three sails? Um, that's what it means literally, but what does it mean slang wise? Get hype. Get lit. Uh, get drunk as hell. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, wow. I guessed pretty accurately. Cool. Yes. We got scuttlebutt. We got some gossip. Set your sails for some scuttlebutt. Else you'll be dancing the hempen jig with Jack Ketch. Hempen jig. Okay. Hemp weed? Uh, uh no. Of think of something smoke? else made of hemp. Uh, rope. Mm-hmm. The hempen jig. We're tying knots. Nope. We're getting married in Vegas. Um, we... It wh- is a consequence of a pirate's actions to dance the hempen jig. Oh, Walks a plank? No. Nope. Hemp rope. Hemp rope. Yeah. Oh, get hung. Yes. Hanged. Sorry. At hanged. The gallows. Yes. Hanged. Dance um, the hemp and jig. Yes. So wait, rope was correct. You yes. Said- yeah. Oh, did you say yes and I missed it? I did say yes. Oh, and fuck. you did miss it. Man, I got I got too much uh, wind in my sails. <laughs> and Jack Ketch was slang for the hangman. I was gonna ask if Jack Ketch was a person. Is he a person? Uh, it's just slang for the hangman. Jack Ketch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and telling no tales in the briny deep. Briny deep is the ocean. So dead men tell dead, no tales. Dead in the ocean. Uh, savvy? You get it? Yep. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> I love that. Oh, wow. We're, are we in, like, pirate language 101 today? Welcome, everyone, to your crash course on just some of the basics of piracy. <laughs> Hell yeah. Man, this is the class that I wish I had taken this in college. This is, like, intro intro. Because I, if you listened to uh, our previous episode, Burgles and Robbies, I mentioned 
that I was doing a lot of pirate research. Yes. Yes, like you were. a lot of different pirate research and I couldn't zone in on one thing. So this is me just trying to fulfill that that desire to do something piratey in a quick moment. <laughs> I need of. to ask, are you going to show this episode to your party mates so they all know how to be proper pirates? Because um, you should. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to talk about the pirate's code, which I'll get more into. Cool. But like I said, my DM and my captain are right this moment working Probably on our it. pirate's code for our campaign. Cool. So um, part of me is like, hey, guys, listen to this. And part of me is like, I'm not trying to influence the code. You know, you yo, guys come up with it. Yo, influence the code. No, it's fine. No, do it. My character influences enough. Connor? Um, <laughs> now, you may believe that pirates are the lawless miscreants of the sea, abiding by no creed or acting in accordance of no precedent. This is, of course, false. As I said quickly in our previous episode, Burgles and Robbies. Burgles and Robbles. Robbles? No, it's Robbies. I, I checked. It's R-O-B-B-L-E-S. Oh my god. Sorry, I just wanted to correct you before it got to Hey, you know what? I'm going to go into Anchor and change the name of that episode right now. <laughs> so no, it's don't! And <laughs> No! All right, I'm going to fight the patriarchy. Anyway, pirates in most <laughs> cases were originally sailors uh, working as privateers for lords and nobles and tasked with the job of sabotaging, uh, through various means, the crew and cargo of enemy ships, uh, often plundering merchant vessels and killing enemies at the behest of their employer. However, at the conclusion of a privateer's contract, many of these sailors found no pleasure in returning to their simple lives, devoid of adventure and treasure. And so, without the contract of a privateer's license, these individuals became known as pirates. Ah, because of the piracy. Of course. However, these rogues of the sea were by no means lawless. But they didn't follow the laws or governances of the land. Instead, many a pirate ship had its own code drawn up by the captain and crew of individual ships. Their own little, like, country sailing across the sea. Exactly. Also known as Pirate's Articles or Articles of Agreement, the Pirate's Code was a code of conduct for governing pirates. A group of sailors, upon turning pirate, would draw up their own code or articles, which provided rules for discipline, uh, the division of stolen goods, compensation for injured pirates, and much more. Now, you may recognize the concept of the code from media, in particular, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The code. The code. Where within the canon of the Pirates franchise, the code is often referred to as more of a guideline, really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, this was not the case aboard the actual ships of pirate crews, They however. were like actual They took the code very seriously. Well, so in Pirates of the Caribbean, it's more like a general pirate code, mm -hmm. but I can imagine that having like your own specific code based on whichever... Um, crew you're a part of is definitely more influential and like you'd yeah. have to follow or because you're stuck with those people they're gonna they're gonna call you out when you break the code in the universe of pirates of the caribbean the code is not um each ship you know the black pearl doesn't have its own pirates code right the pirates code is written up by the nine pirate lords, lords yeah and so our favorite being elizabeth swan obviously yeah, yes of course <laughs> which she becomes one after being given a piece of eight by a previous lord. That's how the lordship gets passed down, is they are given a piece of eight, which is just right. a Spanish a piece of Spanish currency. Sure, sure, sure. Um but yeah, so in that universe, the pirate lords dictate the code. Yes. And that's why those individual ships are maybe like a bit laxer Loose. with the rules. Yeah. Cause it's like they didn't make it up and like Yeah. But in in actual ships, the crews took their code very seriously. Was there ever um like an actual physical contract written up or was it like a like a you sign in blood kind of thing? Do you know like how Oh, is that what you're getting into? Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. I I'm prompting you for your next bullet. Yeah, Please continue. You, you asked me right when I was about to get into it. Great. So that's amazing. I'm following. Uh, okay, so the first set of the Pirate's Code was written by the Portuguese buccaneer Bartolomeu Portuguese. Uh, he was a <laughs> Portuguese buccaneer, uh, and it was written sometime in the early 1660s, and was later popularized by buccaneers such as John Phillips, Edward Lowe, and Bartholomew Roberts, also known as Black Bart. These are Black all Bart. famous pirate captains. Uh, buccaneers operated under a ship's articles that, among other things, governed the conduct of the crew. We said that already. So here's how it would work. Okay. 
each crew member was asked to sign or make his mark on the articles and then swear an oath of allegiance um, or honor. To the code or to the captain or to the crew? To the crew. Okay. Basically, once you signed the code, you were to abide by the code and be in the crew. You weren't in the crew until you signed the code. Once you signed the brass bucket, Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So the oath was sometimes taken on a Bible, um, but John Phillips' men, lacking a Bible, swore on an axe. Interesting. Um, Legend suggests that other pirates swore on crossed pistols, swords, or on a human skull, or astride a cannon. Wait, is that where the skull and crossbones came from? Uh, So the skull and crossbones is referred to as the Jolly Roger. Right. And... Yeah, so the Skull and Crossbones is referred to as the Jolly Roger. That is it. The term Jolly Roger is thought to have come from the French phrase Jolie Rouge, which means pretty red, because the original pirate flags were a blood red rather than black and white. Oh. So wait, that, wait, were they red and white or were they red and black? Do you know? They were like blood red. So like it, it was like if you saw a red flag flying... That was just the Jolly Roger. Pirate, <gasps> that you knew pirate ship, Jolie Rouge, pretty pretty red flag. Um, and that signaled that no mercy would be given once the pirates boarded and battle ensued. Well, shit. Um, That's a bad omen. Yes. the So the flag most commonly identified as the Jolly Roger today, which is the skull and crossbones on a black flag, was used during the 1710s by a number of pirate captains, including Black Sam Bellamy, Edward England, and John Taylor. So once most pirate ships took on that that skull and crossbones, mm. that then took on the moniker, the Jolly, the Roger, Jolly Roger, because it was the pirate flag. We're going to shove the sword through your skull. Got it. Yeah, that's, well, that's an interesting thing of, because I was sort of insinuating this of lacking a Bible, they swore on an axe or crossed pistols or swords or on a human skull or next to the cannon. Right. Like, to me, that's very, swearing on a Bible is the fear of god that's basically if you you're you're making a swear and if you break it you you'll have hell opening yourself to the smiting of god yeah you'll have literal hell to pay however lacking that godliness it would be you swear on the things that will kill you yeah if you break the rules human things that will kill you Yeah. yeah okay so the act of swearing on these items formally inducted the signer into the pirate crew um, it would generally entitle them to be able to vote for officers. Um, they would be able to vote on other affairs of moment. Oh, affairs of moment? Yeah. So basically, like, as things come up, they get a vote. Uh, like, so, all, of, all of a sudden, this situation is happening. We need this type of guy who's the right guy for this type of guy. Or this well, type of situation. Well, it's not necessarily voting, f- like, for people. It's not necessarily, like, choosing a guy. It's more so, like... Oh, choosing a course of action? Sort of. Later on... Not too far down. I'm going to give examples of codes. Cool. And for some I'm of really them, for, that. for some of them, it says the punishment to be determined by captain and crew. Oh. So that you basically, that's an affair of the moment of you get to have a say in what the punishment is. Gotcha. Depending on how bad the crime was. Right. And you okay. also, you also get to, you uh, earn the right to bear arms on the ship. Um, you earn your share of the plunder. So you basically, are formally joining the crew and you get all these benefits. Cool. We love benefits and like 401ks right off the bat. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. And so once <laughs> the articles were signed, they were often posted in a prominent place, um, usually on the door to the captain's cabin. So new recruits from captured ships would sometimes also sign the articles, um, in some cases voluntarily, in other cases under threat of torture or death. Basically, some ships had the rule of if we capture you, you're joining the crew or we kill you. Yike! Oh, so big yike. It was very much, you can live, but now you're in the crew. Right. And it was very true of valuable artisans like carpenters and navigators. So they people would like that in, would be valuable right, to the crew. They would intentionally like capture those types of people. Yeah. Um, so they were they were more likely to be forced to sign the articles. Like, sure. under duress, they would rarely be released regardless of whether they signed or not. So if, like, they really need them and they don't sign, they're not necessarily going to kill them. They might just throw them in the brig until they change their mind. Is, is that the drift that I'm catching? Or they say, well, you're still working for us, but because you won't sign this, you're not a member of the crew, so you don't get the benefits. You're just working for us. <gasps> oh, I see. They're on call. Okay. Yeah. They're part-time. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, in some cases, even willing recruits would ask the pirates to pretend to force them to sign 
uh, so that they could plead that they were forced to if they were ever captured by the law. That's smart. Uh, Generally, men who had not signed the articles had a much better chance of being acquitted at trial if they were captured. I have a quick question. Do you get to, um, like, women being aboard superstition? Yes. <gasps> Yay! Okay, cool. Because yes. I, 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 my ear caught, like, the men would be forced. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, the people, though. But wait, not people, usually men. But wait, women. Okay, mm-hmm. you know my you know my thought process yeah, here. So there are nine complete or nearly complete sets of piratical articles. Piratical! What a great word! It's a word. term uh, that have survived. Many are pulled from Charles Johnson's A General History of the Pirates, first published in 1724. Others are pulled from the records kept by um, Admiralty Court proceedings in the Trials of Pirates. Okay. So those are less like we found the paper that has the articles written and more so we interrogated some pirates and they told us some of the stuff. Okay. A partial code from Henry Morgan is preserved in Alexander Exquimelin's 1678 book, The Buccaneers of America, um, and many other pirates are known to have had articles. The late 17th century articles of George Cusack and Nicholas Clow have often have also survived intact. Part of the reason that it's so few pirate articles that have survived is because pirates on the verge of capture or surrender would often burn their articles yeah. or throw them overboard to prevent the papers from being used against them at trial. Yeah, smart, smart, because they definitely would have been. Yeah, so to have a pirate's code would almost be like admittance of being pirates. Yeah, yeah, because you could just say like, oh, we're out doing stuff and then hide the gold in some secret little cavern that you plundered, you know. I just keep wanting to tell you stuff about the campaign. (laughs) I love hearing about the campaign. Because it applies. It kind of applies. Well, like the whole, um, like admitting that you're pirates thing. Do you have to hide that in the campaign? Well, here's the thing. Our crew is was like being tried by the lords of the archipelago. Wait, the lord that you tried to buy a drink for then completely- yeah, one, I tried to buy a drink for one of them, yeah. <laughs> and then your words just turned into mush? Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> precisely that. Yes, thank you so much for reminding me of that. You're um, quite welcome. I, I But basically it. the lords were trying to like frame us for something and send us to the gallows for being pirates. <gasps> and- like, just last night, we were like, well, we have information that you want, so we need your promise that you're not going to send us to the gallows anyway. And they were like, why would we trust you? You're pirates. And we were like, we've, we haven't done anything wrong. And they were like, you did this. And we were like, we actually didn't do that. And we know that. And we know that you're framing us. And then one of the lords was like, well, you're still pirates. And I went, actually, you wanted us to do you a favor. So you gave us papers that we are a trades ship so without committing a crime and having papers saying that we're a trades ship we're not pirates yeah you it's all legally documented we are not pirates this so sounds like what such are you a saying fun campaign man. it's great it was so great <laughs> but yeah so we're gonna go over some of the codes that have survived yes um so i have with me the articles of pirate captains bartholomew roberts okay john phillips Edward Lowe, John Gow, and Henry Morgan. I would love to go through all of them Captain individually. Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan. Um, Where's the rum? I would love to go through all of them individually. However, for the sake of time, I will be pulling articles from each of these, which I find most interesting. Fair enough. Uh, there's also a lot of overlap in many of these separate articles, specifically in the division of goods, um, with a slight variance on what percentage of the booty each crew member receives as determined by their position on the ship. Sure. Oh, do you happen to know if, like, those particular pirates all, like, existed around the same time? Because I know, like, pirates only existed for, like, what, a hundred years? They all existed in the golden age of piracy. Which I think you gave me the dates for, but I completely forget. It was um, the period between the 1650s and the 1730s. That's when maritime piracy was significant in the history of the Caribbean. About And the United Kingdom and the Indian Ocean and North America and West Africa. So about 80 years. It was just like pirates are during that time between 1650 and 1730. So there's a good chance that they've all... So 80 years, yeah. Like, at least that their ages overlapped. Maybe not, like, were pirates at the same time, but there's a good chance some of them had a lot of crossover between each other probably i'm just curious like if they had little like pirate parties (laughs) if they had little pirate parties well like i said a lot of similarities but differences in like specifically payment is is one of the biggest differences how they would divide up the booty so for instance in the articles of edward lowe uh the captain is to have two full shares the quartermaster is to have one share and a half the doctor mate gunner and boatswain 
get one share and a quarter, and the other crew um, was divided more or less equally. However, those named positions did often receive a larger share than the general crew. So those are the numbers for Edward Lowe's crew. In every crew, it it sort of differed, but captain would always get the most. Sure. Quartermaster and first mate were usually the ones that got the next most, Mm -hmm. and then it would go gunner, boatswain, doctor, and then the rest of the crew. Okay. I'm a boatswain in my campaign. Oh, are you really? Yeah. That seems fair. I feel like the doctor should get more, probably. But, I mean, in, in any kind of, like, actual physically taking the the merchandise from other ships, I guess he's not super useful, so I don't know. Well, in, in other crews, I was reading, some other crews would have it where those positions, like doctor, carpenter, boatswain, mm-hmm. quartermaster, would get, like, a stipend, basically. Like, a regular payment because they were employed more so. Oh, yeah. And then they would kind of get, and then they would sort of get like an equal share with the rest of the crew. So it was like they still got their cut of the booty, but they got that extra bit because they were doing more. They got a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That seems way more fair. Yeah. A lot of these are like, you hear them and you're like, okay, these dudes are respecting each other. It's, it's, it's a lot about respect. It sounds like it. I wonder if it actually held true. I think it did. You think so? I believe it did. So another article said, The lights and candles are to be put out at 8 o'clock at night. If any of the crew after that hour still remained inclined for drinking, they were to do it on the open deck. Basically, oh. once it hits 8 o'clock, respect your crewmates. They want to People want to sleep. Go up deck if you want to keep drinking. Which sounds great to me. I mean, you get to look at the stars yeah, exactly. and you're drunk. I mean, why not? Uh, no man is to talk of breaking up their way of living till each had shared 1,000 pounds. What? So basically, you shouldn't be like, I think I'm going to quit pirating until you have, like, made made your cut. Huh. Okay. Like, you're going to, if you join this crew, you are going to do your fair share until you have shared at least a thousand pounds. Okay. So you you, you signed your three-year Verizon contract, basically. (laughs) What a reference. (laughs) I'm an AT&T guy. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, you sign your, I'm sorry, you sign your three-year Jolly Roger contract. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Now it makes more sense to you now? Okay, great. And then you can get a new phone. If in order to this, any man should lose a limb or become a cripple in their service, he was to have $800 out of the public stock or for lesser hurts proportionately. Basically, so there was a pool for injuries. Basically, the public stock was like the booty that got split. So if hmm, how do I say this? Because it sounds like a like um a savings account for anything to go wrong, or like if they're gonna like do an investment for the ship, like they need new sails or something. That's what I was maybe you meant. I maybe that is what that means. Yeah, because yeah. like like if you just divide it up as if like the share uh the savings account is one share. Mm-hmm. I mean. Economically speaking, that makes sense to me. You took like a semester of accounting and you're confusing the shit out of me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) A similar article to that is, If any man shall lose a joint in time of an engagement, shall have 400 pieces of eight. If a limb, 800. So basically like, if you lost your entire arm, you get 800 pieces of eight. If wow. you just like lose a finger, you get four hundred. Okay, and it would it would sort of scale of like how injured are you, and we'll compensate you for that. It was literally workers' compensation. Okay, it's literally workers' comp. Yeah, cool. I mean, not I mean, cool. You know, actually cool because like that was bound to happen. People yeah. are bound to get like super freaking hurt. The fact that they would like pay it out, mm-hmm. especially for that time period, is pretty great. Yeah, one one <laughs> other ship's articles had that they would be compensated and they would also be allowed to stay on the ship as long as they saw fit. So it wasn't like they were then kicked off. It was like, oh, okay, you're injured. We'll fix you up. You're on we'll leave. compensate you, but you can stay if you want to. Huh. Okay, pirates running a pretty great system. Right, but then there were still punishments, of course. So if any man shall offer to run away or keep any secret from the company, he shall be marooned with one bottle of powder, one bottle of water, one small arm, and shot. So if you think about Pirates of the Caribbean, if you think about Jack's being being marooned, they basically marooned him on an island with just a gun with a single bullet. Mm -hmm. And that was presumably to take one's own life. But that was a typical like marooning practice is if you marooned someone, you would maroon them with like one shot, one firearm 
And then in this captain's case, also a bottle of powder, I would assume gunpowder, and a bottle of water. So, uh, if any man shall steal anything in the company or game to the value of a piece of eight, he shall be marooned or shot. So basically, to the value of a piece of eight, I feel like is very specific. But at the same time, it's just like, if you take like a thumbtack, who cares? If you take a jewel, you're in trouble. Right. Um, is my computer charging? No, it's not. It's plugged in though. Why is this not working? Okay, Jen, I'm going to stop my recording because my computer's not charging for some reason. I'm afraid it's going to die before I can save this. Okay, I'm going to stop too. Cool. And we're back. Sorry, guys, for that quick interruption. Uh, I have a second high noon now. I'm very excited. I can't wait for this to all kick in when I'm going to record my episode. (laughs) Hell yeah. Things might sound different right now. My computer just decided to stop charging itself. It just refused. So we're back to a one mic setup. Wow. Yeah. Back to our roots <laughs> when I was drinking wine and we were using one mic. So anyway. Yeah, where were we? We were in some of the pirate codes. Right. Oh, wait, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. Okay, so the last thing I remember hearing about was the safety pile, like the savings accounts for when you blow off your finger or you lose an arm. Yeah, we were talking about pieces of eight. Yes, the pieces of eight. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Let's do that. Any man that shall not keep his arms clean, fit for an engagement, or neglect his business shall be cut off from his share, and suffer such other punishment as the captain and the company shall think fit. Wait, clean his arms? Like his actual physical arms? Or like no, his guns? No, his weapons. Okay, that's, I, I want to make sure, because I'm like, well, because you said his other things, and I'm like, his, his nethers? Like, are they worried no. about each other's smelling bad? Which I get, because they're living in close quarters. He did, I, he didn't, I didn't say such, I didn't say other things. Said sentence again. It was like clean, clean one. Neglect to clean one's shall arms. Shall not any man that shall not keep his arms clean, fit for an engagement, so ready for a fight, or neglect his business. Neglect his business made me think. You like, <laughs> need to clean up your brain. Listen, lady. when I think like living on a pirate ship, I think <laughs> dirty and just no vitamin C. If at any time you meet with a prudent woman, that man that offers to meddle with her without her consent shall suffer present death. Hell yeah! Uh, he that shall be found guilty of cowardice in the times of engagements shall suffer what punishment to the captain and the majority of the company shall think fit. Cool. So don't be a fucking coward. Um, good quarters to be given when craved. So quarter means mercy. Oh. So if you were to hear give no quarter... That's an that's an order to give no mercy. Give no quarter. Yes. So why, do you know why it's called quarter? Because isn't um because quarters are also referred to as your living space. Okay, so quarter comes from the French courtier, uh, meaning fair war, wherein soldiers are taken prisoner and ransomed at a certain rate. So to give no quarter would be to give no mercy. You can't be ransomed back. Not to spare them. So okay, this, that makes this sense. Particular captain in in his code said good quarters to be given when craved. Basically, if you beg, we'll give you mercy. Ah, okay. Uh, I like this one. He that sees a sail first shall have the best pistol or small arm aboard of her. So basically, first crewmate to spot an enemy ship gets the best thing on it. That's a great way to keep your crew engaged. Exactly. Yeah, because otherwise they'd just be like kind of lounging around until they say, "All right, everybody, get up and ready." <laughs> like, uh, he that shall be guilty of drunkenness in time of engagement shall suffer what punishment the captain and the majority of the company shall think fit. Hmm. Uh, that no man shall give or dispose of the ship's provisions, but everyone shall have an equal share. That Fair. no man Fair. shall go on shore till the ship is off the ground and in readiness to be put to sea. This means that when docking at port, you are not to step off the ship until. Until the ship is fully ready to leave. Oh, I see. So you have to ready the ship to, like, in case you need, like, a getaway car? In case you need a hasty escape. Gotcha. Basically, like, it's not like, oh, we landed, let's get off the ship and go to town. It's, we landed, let's do any repairs we need to do, let's clean up the ship, let's get it in tip-top shape, ready to go, and then we can go to town. Yeah, that's, that's become, I mean, to a much lesser extent, that's become, like, my own rule of thumb when I get out of my car. I'm like, okay, let's get all the trash, <laughs> let's get all the shit that I need to bring inside, let's do it all right now. <laughs> nice. Uh, that every man shall keep his watch night and day, and at the hour of eight in the evening, everyone shall retire from gaming and drinking in order to attend his respective station. Basically, curfew. It's interesting that it's eight o'clock. They really were concerned about getting a good night's sleep, which I appreciate. I'm not sure if it's about the good night's sleep or more so about 
Well, actually, it was about the good night's sleep, but also... The sun went down, the which sun, I'm sure was yeah. part of it. Well, they're mostly... Well, actually, I shouldn't even say, because they're all over the place, pirates. But, like, in the Caribbean, I think the sun tends to stay in the sky longer all year round because of its position on Earth. So I feel like the sun usually sets closer to, like, nine all the time down there, but I'm actually not sure. So don't go Well, in that. that case, if we were to say likely sets around nine... Mm-hmm. then you've got an hour left of daylight to sober up or, like, get ready for bed or do whatever you need to do. Okay, okay. That makes a sense. A few articles from the code as seen in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Uh, when someone declares parlay or parley... I was really hoping to get to they parlay. They cannot be harmed until after they're taken to the captain to negotiate. Uh, this is used by Elizabeth Swan and also by uh, Jack Sparrow. Well, so hang on. So parlay was part of the individual pirate codes. This truly wasn't like a universal thing, or was it? Parlay is a French word. Yeah. In the pirates canon, the lords came up with that code. Right. But in real piracy, it actually only applied to. Um... Oh, per the original code, it can only be used by the pirate king. Like, actually in real piracy? In Pirates of the Caribbean. So parlay can't be used by any old person? The rule becomes a go-to reference for the characters until it's revealed in At World's End that per the original code, it can only be used by the Pirate King. Ah, so they were using it wrong the whole time, which mm-hmm. is part of the film in general. Okay, 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 okay. Um, but as for actual parlay? Parlay is a French word meaning to speak. So it refers to a discussion or conference. So basically, a parlay was requesting to speak with whoever's in charge. Okay, so it wasn't necessarily a code, but like a simple request. Well, it was like it understood. Was, it was code to respect someone calling parlay. I if, see. Th- like, like Elizabeth used it when they opened the door on her and were about to kill her, and she said parlay, and they stopped in their tracks. Right. Because yeah. you got to follow the code. If someone calls parlay, you must bring them to the captain. Um, another of the codes in the Pirates franchise is that pirates abandon any man who can't keep up with the crew or any man that falls behind. This Yikes. was this was the main one that they were like, it's more of a guideline, really. Right. Um, we're not going to leave them behind. Uh, the video game Sea of Thieves also has a pirate code. Uh, and I'll just go through that really quick. Article 1, the sea calls to us all. Everyone is welcome on the Sea of Thieves, regardless of age, gender, race, sexuality, nationality, or creed. Article 2, the sea unites us as one community. Outside the heat of battle or piracy on the high seas, all crews shall bond together as a community of like-minded souls. Article 3, disputes are settled upon the waves. None shall quarrel or overly dissent against another crew, but let every engagement be settled by sword, pistol, and good seamanship. Article 4, all crewmates are equal. Let each crewmate be respected as equal and free to follow their own bearing, speak openly, and vote in affairs of the voyage. Article 5, the crew bond is sacred. Those who betray their crew and ship through griefing or trolling shall be sent to the brig. Article 6, respect new pirates and their voyage ahead. May the old legends help to forge new ones, treat new pirates with respect, and share your knowledge. And Article 7, those who cheat shall be punished. Pirates who show bad form and cheat their crew or others shall surely face bitter hardships and punishments. So that's the pirate code via Sea of Thieves. Okay. Now on to some superstitions held by pirates. Yes! Yes! Oh, I can't wait. Stepping off on the right foot. A pirate always made sure to start a voyage off on the right foot, literally. Stepping aboard a ship with the left foot first was considered unlucky and could invite disaster or even death. That still holds true in, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of um, cultures where, like... I remember specifically, like, I think it was Afghanistan where it was showing um, an American soldier, like, very specifically, like shaking people's hands with his right hand or like like only touching other people with his right hand because that was part of their culture it's like if you touch someone with your left hand it was disrespectful oh wow i didn't know that yeah i think i think it's afghanistan don't quote me on that but it was like your left hand is what you do all of your nefarious deeds with but your right hand is for sharing with other people and like Mm -hmm. interacting with other people Interesting. Yeah. Um, and an even greater offense than stepping aboard left foot first was to sneeze to the left while doing so. So if you stepped onto the ship with your left foot and also turned your head to the left and sneezed, you were doomed. You were cursed now if I'm you think- did that. Wow. Now I'm thinking about which way I sneeze. <laughs> I think I sneeze into my I right. I sneeze. I, well, here's the thing. Most of the time I don't sneeze 
I don't let myself sneeze. I hold it. Oh, in. yeah, you do that. I hold my sneezes. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I do sneeze, I sneeze down into my shirt. Yeah, I've been trying to sneeze and cough into my shirt ever since COVID happened. Um, another superstition is Neptune's toll. When setting sail for their next plunder, pirates would toss gold coins into the water as an offering to Neptune, the god of the sea, to ensure a safe voyage. They basically bribed the god of the sea. Didn't you also mention Neptune with, um, like, pirates wouldn't cut their beards? You mentioned that in our last recording. Yes, I did, and let me tell you about it. Tell me about it, stud. Pirates would cease to cut their hair or nails during voyages in an attempt not to anger Neptune. The cutting of hair or nails was considered an offering to the goddess Proserpine, or Proserpine. Proserpine? Proserpine sounds more like a goddess. But to cut your hair or nails was considered an offering to that goddess, and a pirate oh. dared not make an offering to another god or goddess while sailing on Neptune's t- sea. I see. Because then they'd make Neptune jealous, and god. Neptune would be like, fuck you guys. Where's my offering? <laughs> god, their nails too? Yeah. Oh, god, I can't. So wait, would biting your nails count? I don't know. Because I don't think I'd be able to not bite my nails. Especially I have no idea. if I'm stuck on a ship all fucking day. That would be interesting. We should find a pirate and ask them. We should. Johnny Depp? Hello? Um, Kira Knightley? <laughs> <laughs> I Dol- can talk to Kira Knightley. Dolphins were good luck. Sharks were bad luck. Oh, naturally. Don't dolphins beat up sharks just for fun? <laughs> yes, dolphins are ruthless. Dude, yeah, they're mean, but they're also really cool. <laughs> uh, there's no greater friend or foe to those who brave the seas than the weather. It was believed that whistling softly after sticking a knife in the mast would call forth a favorable wind when none was present. However, whistling while the wind was blowing was thought to stir up ill winds, conjuring dangerous storms. Ooh, it's the butterfly effect. Yeah. A silver coin under the mast was good luck. Is the mast like the mainsail? Yes, the mast is that 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 main hole that often had the crow's nest on it. Yes, okay, I just want to make sure that I had my terminology (laughs) correct. Once the anchor was hoisted and a ship was, like, headed off to sea, if a pirate looked back toward the shore, it was believed to be bad luck. Oh. It was basically implying that the pirate was not ready for the journey ahead, and so it would bring about misfortune. That's kind of like Hades Town, where, like, he can't look back when they're walking out of hell, or Mm -hmm. or Hades will take her back. Huh. Go, go, go. If if a ship's bell rings untouched, like, if the wind rings it. Or if, like, the ship's rocking? Yeah. It was a sure sign of intimate, intimate death. Or someone <gasps> aboard. Wait, that's actually really cool. It's uh, also, literally the wind saying, like, yo, watch out. Yeah, also, if a wine glass made a sound on its own, that was a sign that the ship and its crew would end They're soon. done? Yeah. <gasps> you, yeah, you're doing the, 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 I was, yeah, the I was neck doing across the, the, the neck the, the, motion. <laughs> uh, pouring, pouring some wine on the deck was considered to be good luck. Pour one out for my homies. Pour one out for your homies, exactly. Tis bad luck to bring a lass aboard. There it is! There it is, ladies and gentlemen! So a figurehead of a bare-breasted female was common on the mastheads of many pirate ships because a woman naked to the elements was thought to calm the seas. Basically, Neptune would see a naked lady on a ship and be like, best not send a storm her way. Look at those tits. (laughs) Her open eyes were believed to serve as a clear guide for safe passage, but having an actual woman aboard was regarded as bad luck. Now... Huh. That is a very, like, pirate superstition thing and also old pirate thing. There are a lot of female pirates. I was a wondering. A lot of historically significant badass female pirates. A lot of them sometimes would, like, I was looking at this one Irish female pirate because I was still in my Irish Oh, on thing. your Irish kick. Her name's Grace O'Malley. And basically she, her, like, family was a family of, like, sailors and like fishermen and stuff sure and so she would want to go on and her father would be like no you're a girl your hair will get stuck up in the like in the sails oh, and shit please. oh but like, he doesn't the, cut the his own hair and everything <laughs> uh so she behind his back cut her hair and demanded that she get on the ship and then she grew up to be a pirate she was really dope okay but Grace. There's, there's a lot of lady pirates that's a, that's a very old thing are you gonna do an episode on lady pirates probably because Almost I'm officially definitely. requesting that. Yeah. Can I can I make requests as the host? Yeah. As another host? Of course cool. you can. Do I have to email my own email? Um, just text me. <laughs> Lucky be the pirate with tattoos and piercings. There it is. A pirate's look had more to do with the power of superstition than what was considered fashionable. Now, pirates are hot, but <laughs> Canonically. they're also very superstitious. Uh, but pirates believed that tattoos and piercings would help protect them from evil spirits, and so they would adorn their bodies as such. 
You think it was, like, a, a means of, like, confusing the spirits when they tried to take them over? They'd get, like, mystified by the images on their arms and stuff? Uh, perhaps? That was my hot take. I, I think of, like, there's actually, ooh, did I, do I have this somewhere? Do you? I do have it somewhere. What is this? What do you have for me? This is uh, the meanings behind common pirate tattoos. <gasps> yes! Okay, okay. A tattoo of an anchor signified the sailor had crossed the Atlantic or was part of the merchant marines. Okay. So it's like a it's like a pin. It's like a soldier's pin only in the form of a tattoo. Kind of. Or a Girl Scout pin. These are these are sailor tattoos. Yeah, They're yeah, not yeah. necessarily pirate tattoos. Fair enough. Crossed cannon signified military naval service. A nautical star ensures a sailor could find his way home. A swallow was tattooed for every 3,000 nautical miles sailed and also represented returning home. A knot of rope around the wrist indicated rank as a deckhand. Oh. Isn't a deckhand, like, one of the lower ranks? So would everyone have a knot on their wrist? Um, I would assume. most, Most of the lower, yeah. So, like, almost all of those guys would have knots on their wrists? Probably. A full-rigged ship showed the sailor had sailed around Cape Horn. These are very specific. That is very specific. Um, a hold fast across their knuckles to ensure that they wouldn't, like, let go of the ropes. <laughs> Stop. It's a reminder not to let go. You look down at your own hands holding the rope. I don't think I can hold on anymore. Oh, wait a minute. My hand says hold fast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pirates are known for their lavish hats. A feather in the hat, like many other pirate accessories, was driven by superstition. It was thought to protect against shipwreck. Really? Yeah. So, specifically, a feather from a wren that was slaughtered on New Year's Day was said to work its magic for a year. Okay. Oh, so you need a new feather every year. Yeah. Okay, I can see the logic in that. And some pirates would, like, have a shit ton of feathers because they'd be like, I'm so protected. (laughs) (laughs) So here's one that I'm nervous about because my crew has recently renamed our ship. Oh, nervous for your D&D campaign. Yeah. um, Did you just crack your neck? I did. Nice. I always do. Um, But pirates held fast to the belief that it was unlucky to change the name of a ship. Once she was christened, a ship's name would remain unchanged for fear that replacing it would bring about unparalleled disaster and grief. I can tell you right now that Blackbeard didn't give a shit about that. That yeah. was something that I left out of my notes for last uh, the last episode, but he re- he stole Queen Anne's Revenge. He stole it from, I think, the British Navy, mm-hmm. and it was called something else. I don't remember the name, but he renamed it after the Queen. Yeah, we stole our ship. Did, oh, that's right. And you and your campaign, you stole mm-hmm. your ship. Fair winds. I love that. Right. Are you going to get that tattooed? Because you made that, Um, what's the what's the upside down? Ambiogram. Ambiogram. Or it reads um, forward and backwards and upside maybe. down. Maybe. I don't know. I need to get further in this into this campaign and see if it's... It just looks so Like, cool. real, you know? It looks so cool and you, like, were so excited about that I know. That whole I love it so much. Thing. I love that character so much. Connor, you seem... It <laughs> sounds like you're doing a great job, man. Like, <laughs> top tier. Like, Maria's, Maria's excited. Con's never gonna listen to this. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. It's out in the world now. But, like, every time Maria comes back from a session, she is so fucking happy. Literally shut up. And she's like, let me tell you about everything that happened. Literally like, shut your entire mouth. Please tell me everything that Everyone happened. Everyone shut up right now. Uh, if your ship be blessed by St. Elmo's fire, the blue light will grant you safe passage. So I almost did a whole episode on St. Elmo's fire, but I, there's not a whole lot about it. So it's a natural phenomenon. And oh. it's basically static electricity would build up due to the friction between the ship and the sea. So, so like, your socks what? on the carpet, but it's the ship on the sea. Wait, you can Static dis- electricity would build up, what? go up the mast... And into the sky, and it would basically be like reverse lightning between the mast and the sky, and it would be this blue, fiery light. What? It would basically be like an electric discharge at the top of Shut the mast. Up. What? Yeah, That's it's pop- it's really really Wait, cool. How does water create static? It's it's the friction of the ship against the sea. Yeah. That is so Saint, freaking Saint cool. St. Fire is one of the coolest natural phenomena, in heard, my opinion. I've heard the term St. Elmo's Fire, but I never knew what it meant. I figured it just meant, like, St. Elmo does a thing. Like, almost like the stigmata, but for, like, St. Elmo. <laughs> well, there's not really a St. Elmo, by the way. I didn't, I, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Like <laughs> Pirates attributed this St. Elmo's Fire to Hermes, the Greek god of magic. Um, okay. While one ejection was considered... A good, or, no, one ejection was considered a bad omen. Two discharges meant safe passage for the ship. So, basically, 
Suddenly there's blue lightning coming out of the top of your ship. (gasps) One strike is bad luck. Two strikes means you are set. You are good to go. So basically, if you see that one blue strike of lightning and you're a little too close to shore, you're just going to do like a loop real quick, hoping to create enough friction (laughs) for another one. Because that's what I would do. Yeah, just recreate those conditions. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just create more friction to get your second strike. I bet you didn't realize that this would also be a pirate thing. Oh my gosh. Black cats. Pirates loved black cats and would often have them aboard the ship. They would like black cats because they're like so often portrayed as bad luck. But pirates, Mm -hmm. that sounds right. And because of that, it was bad luck to throw a cat overboard. What kind of motherfucker would do that? I know, right? Honestly, wait, were you? Who would do that? But it was considered bad luck. Yeah. Because it would, um, it was thought that the behavior of cats could predict the weather. It could predict luck. It was believed that if a cat came up to a pirate, it was a sign of good luck. But if it came part way and turned around, it would be bad luck. Okay. And then I like if, all the signs. Did they have yeah. a cheat sheet? I'm, I, I don't mean, think I, I, I can it. kind of presume those things. <laughs> um, but if we're, if someone were to throw a cat overboard, not I only would throw hands. not only would the whole crew fucking hate them, yeah. but also uh, foul weather and misfortune would follow. That's just messed up. Um, so some of these are sailor superstitions, which we can assume maybe crossed over into some pirate superstitions, but they're not specifically pirate superstitions. Many sailors would get a rooster and a pig tattooed onto their feet. Uh, it was believed that these animals would prevent the sailors from drowning and also show them the way to shore. I don't know why. A rooster and a pig. Yeah. Uh, if you lost your hat overboard, it was an omen that the trip would be a long one. Eggshells had to be broken into tiny pieces once the egg was cracked open. This was meant to stop witches from coming to the ship because they would sail in the pieces of shell. What? So if you didn't crush the shell tiny enough, if you didn't ruin a their witch tiny could little sail in on a piece. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Yep. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess if the witch takes the form of like a mouse, maybe mm-hmm. if they do that whole polymorphing kind of junk, but uh, I don't know. It was bad luck to sail on Thursdays, which was Thor's Day, the god of storms. Thor's Day! Thor's Day! I hate you. Or Fridays, the day Jesus was killed. Uh, The first Monday in April, which was the day Cain killed Abel. The second Monday in August, which was the day Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. And the 31st of December, which was the day on which Judas Iscariot hanged himself. Hey, you know what's funny? What? Cut that whole thing. Uh, No, because I can't cut that whole thing because I'm pretty sure my birthday falls on the second uh, Monday of August this year. Cool. <laughs> Wait, what was the second one for? What was that one for August? Second Monday of the, August? The day Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed? I'm gonna have to look that up to see if I care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stirring tea with a knife or a fork would invite bad luck. Wow, I do that all the time. <laughs> Turning a loaf of bread upside down once it had been cut also brings bad luck. What? Why? I guess the bottom of the bread is a little more burnt, so it's not gonna absorb as much moisture. Why? I have a question. Why am I trying to figure out these uh, these superstitions? No, I have I a know. separate question. Oh, dear. I, Maria, fucking love redheads. Why don't other people? This literally what? says that redheads were believed to bring bad luck to a ship. That makes no sense. I also love redheads. If you met one before boarding, the only way to mitigate the bad luck was to speak to them before they could speak to you. Don't let the ginger talk to you first or else you'll have a bad sailing day. What? Personally, if I were ginger back in that time, I think I would just run up to sails and be like, hey, how are you? And then run to the next oh one. Hey, God. how are you? Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? That's hilarious. Just to be a jerk, to be like, really? You think think my red hair affects your life at all? Get out of here. <laughs> I fucking love gingers so much. I don't get the whole superstition. Jen, you know what? what? No bananas on board. They were believed to be so unlucky that they would cause the ship to get lost. Whole cargoes of bananas were frightening for sailors. They were terrified of bananas. Okay. <laughs> wow, nice potassium joke. <laughs> And now, wait, wait, do you remember when you got super upset about potassium? Yes! Yes, I do! Because bananas are the 14th on the list. For a high potassium. What was the first one again? It was like... Avocados! It was avocados! Avocados have more potassium. I feel... I, I still feel like I've been lied to my whole life. Every time I remember that fact, I still it's feel not, like I've been lied to. It's not even like it's avocados and then bananas. It's avocados, 13 other things, and then and bananas. And then bananas. What? Hello. 
Maybe they thought children wouldn't know what avocados were back when we were children. An avocado. Thanks. Thanks. That kid knew. Jenna. Maria. We're going to round this episode out oh, with um, out. some fun. Let's learn a little bit. We let's, haven't been learning this whole time. But let's make it practical. Let's learn Ooh, how practical. to talk like a pirate. Hell yeah, you let's goddamn get scallywag. for International Talk Like a Pirate Day, which is on September 19th. Or perhaps the Pirate Day at your local Renaissance Fair, which I am going to. Hell I'm going to Pirate yeah. Day. So, I am on a glossary of pirate terms and phrases. Ooh. To save time, I'm going to tell you the category and then the number of entries. And you just give me a few numbers from each and we'll go over them. I like it. So, pirate greetings and exclamations. We've got one through eight. I think it was seven. Seven is sink me. It's an exclamation of great surprise. Oh, wait. So sink me like if someone does a surprise birthday party, you'd be like, oh, sink me. That Maybe not that high pitched. Really silly. <laughs> Maybe not that high pitched. Sink me and call me Gladys. I don't know. <laughs> Do you pick another one? Ooh, three. Blimey. Blimey. Something said when one is in a state of surprise. I love it. Wait, so both are in a state of surprise. Yes. Blimey and sink me. Can I use that? Yes. The point is to use these. Sink me. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's know number. I'm going to stay with odd numbers. Number five. Number five is savvy. It's a question that means, do you understand? Savvy. So pirate insults, threats, and dark omens. Yes. One through 16. 16. 16. Walk the plank. Okay. Uh, punishment. Probably more myth than truth. Very really? few actual pirate ships ever did a walking of the plank. That wasn't a thing. Really? Yeah. The the punishments were being marooned and being shot. Um, but it basically entails making someone walk off the side of the ship along a plank. The person's hands were often tied so they couldn't swim. Alright. So I can pick another number? Uh-huh. We're gonna stick with evens this time. Let's go with number six. Number six is Dead Men Tell No Tales. Hell this yeah. This is the reason given for leaving no survivors. Alright. Number ten. Number ten is Keel Hall. Which Kill was kind of sick. Um, it's a punishment in which someone was dragged back and forth under the ship. <gasps> what? Wait, what? Wait, so what they like, wait, what? How would you even do so that? So they were basically like tied up. Thrown overboard? With two ropes. <gasps> thrown over one end. <laughs> and just moved back and forth oh under God, the like boat. Oh my God, like with a towel? Like yeah. <laughs> like, like, like a towel on your butt. Like Just cleaning your bones with a towel. Yeah. Keel haul. Dragged back and forth under the ship. Oh my god! That sounds horrible. Yep. Wow. I can't get that out of my head. Alright, am I picking another number from this category yes, or you are. moving on? Okay. Well, there's 16 of them, so you can pick Four. Like, a few from here. Four. Cleave him to the brisket, which means to cut a man nearly in half with a sword. I was gonna I was gonna try and guess, but that was oh. gonna be my guess. So great, I'm glad I was on the right way. Sorry, point. maybe I shouldn't be so fast with these. No no no, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, okay. Which number didn't I do yet? Number eight. Number eight. Landlubber. It's not landlubber? No, it's landlubber. A person who is uncomfortable or not incredibly skilled at sea. Why and then lubber? I'll give you, I don't know. What does lubber mean? It might, it might be, it might mean lover, but they just say lubber because it's more piratey. Landlubber. Uh, and then I'm, like. I'm going to give you this one because I think you would like it. It's The definition is, it's just an insult. Son of a biscuit eater. Son of a biscuit eater. Yeah. Biscuit eater meaning, like, someone who's, like, posh? Because they eat biscuits? Maybe. Uh, next category is pirate slang. We've got one through 19. Hell yeah. Okay, two. Number two is cackle fruit. Cackle fruit? It laughing fruit. It means hen's eggs. Eggs? Cackle mm-hmm. fruit? Yeah. Why? I what? Know. I don't know. Pirates are weird. Pick something else. Uh, nine. Hearties. Hearties. Me hearties. Means friends and comrades. Oh, me amigos. Me hearties. Okay. Uh, 16. 16 is Category. scuttle, which means to sink a ship. But then there's scuttle butt. Scuttle butt is a cask of drinking water or slang for gossip. All right. 11. Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle? Means to cheat or swindle. Hornswoggle. Yeah. To cheat or to swindle. Yeah. And then I'm going to tack this one on. No prey, no pay. It was a pirate law, meaning that the crew didn't get paid, but they took a share of any loot. What? Isn't getting the loot getting paid? No. Getting the it's loot not? was getting your fair share. But you so get like paid regardless. So like I said regardless. before, like, no, like I said before, the like employed, like, oh, like the, the doctor, doctor or the stipend. carpenter might get 
paid, but the crew didn't get paid. They just got a share of the loot. So that's why it was like, if you're joining a pirate crew, you're in it for the plundering because that's the only way you're getting paid. Right. Okay. So no pray, no pay means if we don't catch nobody, you ain't get nothing. Yeah, exactly. Phrases related to pirate ships and crew. We've got one through 24. 21. 21 is poop deck. Poop deck. It is the deck that is the highest and the farthest back. 13. Flibustier. What a French word. Uh, it's a name for the American pirates found around the West Indies during the Golden Age of Piracy. The West Indies. So that would be Blackbeard. Yeah, I guess. Seven. Seven is a buccaneer. It oh, It was easy the enough. name for a pirate mainly found in the Caribbean in the 17th and 18th centuries. I think also Blackbeard, technically. <laughs> 23. 23. Rigging. The lines and ropes that held the sails. Oh, I know rigging. You know rigging. We know rigging. <laughs> I'll tack on one more. Oh. Um, a phrase that my captain was using quite a bit, which is belay that, meaning okay. put an end to that, stop that, halt that. Belay as a belaying pin. Yes, that's where my brain went. Tying the ship up. Um, also something I kind of want to use now. What was the other one? Oh, sink me. Yeah. <laughs> sink me and belay that. Pirate terms about money and weapons. One through eight. Four. Chase gun. It's a cannon at the prow or front of a ship. Because you're chasing someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven. Doubloons. Those are Spanish gold coins. But not the pieces of eight. Pieces of eight are just Spanish coins. Oh, okay. Give me a bonus. Uh, bonus is coffer, which is a chest full of treasure. Hey, I knew that one. And that was your pirate talk crash course. Hell yeah. If you want more, if you want everything I've told you, if you want to see all of the... um pirate code articles uh, the the entire talk like a pirate list. It's all available in our um, sources Google Doc which you can access through our link tree which you can access through our Instagram. Which you can also access through our website. Dude, I could see how that would splinter off into a lot of different like bigger things. There was a lot of stuff. I'm very interested in the lady pirates. It'd be a nice little like follow up to my lady pilots. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That'd be sick. That'd be pretty it's dope. It's so funny. In my drive, in my Google Drive, it's literally this document, which is called Avasti Scallywags and Landlubbers, yeah. right next to the record of the Gelstrom Pirate, which is our, like, my campaign's recap <laughs> document. Like, they're next to each other. Thanks, man. I feel, uh, I feel like I've been sunk. Surprised, <laughs> so to speak. We're gonna belay this episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> You can share with your friends. Yeah, please share with your friends. And please, if you have a hot sec, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. I'm Maria. I'm Jen. You've been listening to Wonder Binge Podcast. Have a lovely evening, night, day. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.